grace, mercy, and peace are yours through the triune God. Whether you're listening from far away or next to beautiful Seneca Lake, we hope that through the reading and proclaiming of Scripture, you hear God's wisdom, challenge, and blessing for you today. If you're able to worship with us on Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m., we at Hector Presbyterian Church would love to share Christ's peace with you. Hi folks, Ben here. A few notes up top. First, a word of caution. This sermon references instances of potential violence, so have that in mind when choosing where and how to listen. Secondly, I mention examples of white supremacist and anti-Semitic imagery. While double-checking my sources, I learned that the photo of a man whose shirt reads 6MWE was taken at a rally against the election results in mid-December, not on January 6th. To learn more, I encourage you to check out the articles linked in the show notes. Finally, a reminder, there are no quote-unquote good Christians or bad Christians. There are only Christians standing in need of grace. My prayer is that our congregation's worship and service to the community will point people to the grace, mercy, and peace of God revealed in Jesus through the power of the Spirit. Thanks for listening. God bless. The voice of the Holy One thunders over the waters, is humming in Jesus, and is whispered by the Spirit. Let us pray that we might hear God's voice. Pour out your Holy Spirit, O God, and prepare our hearts to accept your word. Silence in us any voice but your own, that hearing we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. A reading from the Gospel of John. Those sent by the Pharisees asked John, why do you baptize if you aren't the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered, I baptize with water. Someone greater stands among you whom you don't recognize. He comes after me, but I am not worthy to untie his sandal straps. This encounter took place across the Jordan in Bethany where John was baptizing. The next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one about whom I said, the one who comes after me really is greater than me because he existed before me. Even I didn't recognize him, but I came baptizing with water so that he might be made 
known to Israel. John testified, I saw the spirit coming down from the heaven like a dove and it rested on him. Even I didn't recognize him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water said to me, the one on whom you see the spirit coming down and resting is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and testified that this one is God's son. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. From Oklahoma City to Idaho and Nevada, journalist Leah Satili's reporting keeps me curious. Satili's questions are my own. Why have extremist groups flourished in the U.S.? How does a fringe ideology that calls itself Christian identity grow and spread? But her story about an avowed white supremacist planting a pipe bomb in Spokane, Washington, caught me off guard. You see, I, I grew up a half hour south of Spokane in a small farming community, a lot like Hector. I've stood on the street corner where city workers found a bomb while setting up the parade route for the Martin Luther King Jr. holiday. Walk up Washington Street and there's Riverfront Park where my brothers and I would crawl over the 12 foot tall radio flyer wagon and beg our parents to let us ride on the carousel. To know that a man walked that same sidewalk in 2011 with intentions to kill people on a day that celebrates equality and justice, that shook me. But there's another reason why Satili's story gave me pause this week. Bombs. When a mob pushed through the ranks of the Capitol Police on January 6th, local police were already busy deactivating two bombs found outside of the headquarters for both the Republican and Democratic national committees. Now, unlike the city of Spokane, I don't have any particular love for either of those institutions. But the possibility of an explosive cutting short innocent lives, well, that just sends chills down my spine. So you best believe that when John the Baptist proclaims, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, I am going to gaze in whichever direction John is pointing. The sin of the world is too serious to brush away and too heavy to carry in my heart. This isn't the first time in the fourth gospel that we are told about the world. Anticipating Jesus' birth, we hear the true light that shines on all people was coming into the world. 
The light was in the world, but the world didn't recognize the light. Sitting with Jesus by the sea, we hear him say, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Bread which I will give for the life of the world. Standing in the governor's palace, we hear Jesus challenge Pilate. My kingdom is not of this world. And how could we forget Jesus's words to Nicodemus? God so loved the world that God gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. The world encompasses everyone and everything. The whole world prefers to live in the shadows than to walk in the light. The whole world is the object of God's love, the apple of God's eye. In other gospel stories, John the Baptist focuses on the sins of individuals, immersing them in the Jordan River as a symbol of God's cleansing mercy. But in this gospel story, John the Baptist testifies about the big picture. Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the collective sin of the whole world. I wonder if Christians in the United States struggle with that big picture more than the rest of the family of faith. Our ideas about individualism and personal responsibility have at times served us well. At other times, we use those values to say, I have nothing to do with you. They have nothing to do with us. And yet, if you notice a crack in a cereal bowl, you know that it won't stay like that. One thin line down the side of the bowl becomes a hundred other tiny fissures. Or if you notice some fuzz on your bread, you know that you have to do more than just scrape it off. The mold has expanded under the surface, sending a hundred other tiny roots through your sourdough. The fractures and fungal roots of sin whose gravitational forces pull us away from love are not unique to us as individuals. They go even deeper than Paul's words to the Romans, all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. When the light shines in the shadowy world, then we can see the connections between all the different ways that sin misshapes us. So I can't say, I have nothing to do with them. And when I see banners bearing the name of Jesus, 
flown next to the Confederate battle flag, which was waved in the cause of preserving slavery, I cannot say they're not real Christians because Jesus has already bound us together in the body of Christ. And when I see a flag imprinted with a cross, like the very same flag that stands in our sanctuary, when I see the cross carried among those whose clothing reads Camp Auschwitz and 6MWE, 6 million Jews slaughtered in the Holocaust wasn't enough. When I see that, oh, am I angry. But I cannot say, that's not my problem. Anti-Semitism is my problem. White supremacy is my problem. Christianity divorced from the way of Jesus is my problem because Christ has the nerve to sweep me up in the fierce floodwaters that wash away any dividing wall and plausible deniability between us. When Jesus was baptized, he embraced the whole world. It wasn't Jesus on one side and sinners on the other. Christ joined us in the murkiness of human life. But Jesus doesn't only receive baptism. Listen again to John sharing the words of God that echoed in his soul. The one on whom you see the spirit coming down and resting is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. John glimpsed the Spirit, the heavenly dove alighting on Jesus. Here, here is God's Son, he said. Here is the one who does not baptize with river water, the stuff of creation. Here is the one who baptizes with the very power of the creator. John doesn't say that Jesus might baptize with the spirit if we behave. He doesn't say that Jesus will take away the sin of the world once we've sorted ourselves out. Jesus is already acting. Friends, Jesus is already redeeming and transforming the world God loves so much. Baptized with the Spirit, God's mighty river bears us up and delivers us to a new way of life. This week, that truth rushed over me in the testimony of our sister, Liz Adams. Liz recently shared a chapter from her life in Southern California where she met and married Dick Adams, a son of Hector. In the 1960s, 
The Cold War seethed between the United States and the Soviet Union, and anxiety about godless communism raged. Through her church community, Liz became a staunch supporter of the Christian anti-communist crusade. During the heat of this campaign, Liz reflects, I fear we became stronger anti-communists than we were loving Christians. Around this time, Martin Luther King became prominent in the news, heading up protest marches against society's treatment of Blacks. There were some heated clashes with the police where lives were taken. Word got out, or you might say, a conspiracy theory was being circulated that King, although supposedly being a minister, was actually a communist. Many white Christians blinded by our fear of communism believed King was a communist and trying to foment riots. He must be evil. One day though, while in a bookstore in Santa Monica, a title caught Liz's eye, Strength to Love. Written by Dr. King, a, a book about love written by a communist? Even though she was skeptical, she bought the book. Her doubts did not evaporate overnight, but reading that collection of sermons made their shared faith impossible to deny. Liz shares, it took me a few more years before I came to acknowledge the truth. Because of his faith, Dr. King was deeply disturbed by the injustices perpetrated against his black brothers and sisters. He was a prophetic advocate for his people. Dick and Liz remained concerned about the totalitarian regime in the USSR, but they came to recognize how fear and hatred had molded their concern into a dividing wall. But Christ, our peace, breaks down the walls of hostility, sometimes bursting through them with spirits, floodwaters, and sometimes, sometimes crumbling them with the steady stream of the Holy Spirit. Liz had no good reason to purchase that book, nor did Dr. King's words change her mind all at once. But the Spirit worked on her, moving in mysterious ways, praying through her with sighs too deep for words. The constant redemptive power of the Holy Spirit is one of God's promises to us in baptism. When we wash children and adults in water from Seneca Lake, speaking over them the love of the triune God, 
we affirm that God does not give up on the world, never, ever. God loves the world. God sends the Son not to condemn, but to save the world. God washes the world in the Spirit, the very power that set the cosmos in motion and that quicken our hearts to compassion. The sin of the world is heavy and heartbreaking, yet we are not meant to remain in bondage to its power. Friends, follow John's gaze. Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Ask those Pharisees standing nearby what John means by Lamb of God, and they'll tell you the story of Passover when God instructed the enslaved people of Israel to mark their doorways with lamb's blood and to share a feast with their neighbors. They'll tell you about how that night marked a turning point when the enslaved were finally freed to leave Egypt. They'll tell you if that man Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the whole world, then this time around, everybody's getting free. Everybody's getting free. You, me, and even Egypt, and even the extremists, and even the ones we call our enemies. Our shackles are broken. Our divisions are swept away. The Holy Spirit already at work in the world beckons us to follow where Christ is leading. Shaking off hostility and fear, let us join Christ on the path of grace. And for such grace, let us give all glory all gratitude to God, source of our calling, spirit of power, savior of the world. Amen. <laughs>